you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Be recording podcast episode one forty one. What's up, Neil? Hi, buddy. What's up, Brent? How's it going? And our good friend Dusty Bow, man. Day. Welcome. Good day, sirs. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, guys. Hey, let's just cheers. Start. We need to drink quick. Cheers, uh, it's cheers. one of those days. Cheers, fellas. Elijah Craig. Small batch. Ah, there we go. That, Elijah Craig. That is sweet. It's like it's so very good. sweet and smooth. If I'm going to be helping on the podcast, I've got to step up my bourbon game. Hey, it's I had to ask Neil for uh, suggestions. It's a $30 Ranger above. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Every time I have Elijah Craig, I'm like, man, I forgot how good this is. Just smooth, man. Perfect. It was my house bourbon for a long time. And then I started, uh, I kind of moved to Old Forester 100 proof. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I always have Elijah Craig. It's 94, right? Yeah. I think it's something. Yeah, like that. 94. Yeah. Speaking of bourbons, I gave that that bottle that I won. I oh. gave it to a good friend of mine who uh, has been helping me with my motorhome. Oh. He lives up in Columbus. He hasn't cracked it open yet. I was like, when you crack it open, I was like, just give me a warning because if I can make it there and drink it with you, I want to. Was it Rabbit Hole? What was it? No, no it was Four Gate. Four Four Gate. The, oh, the, 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 the oh, upside down. Gates. Yeah, I was the, thinking um, of your uh, show. No. We won that one. Oh, that's right. Cheers. You won that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys cash in that Jersey Mike's thing yet? By the Not way, yet, then? but we're okay, gonna. Cool. We're gonna. I wear the shirt all the time still. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. He gave like a whole like picnic pack too, oh, yeah. right? With like a frisbee and. Shirt, awesome. a hat, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Mike Record, Thanks. Jersey yeah. Mike's, Clarksville. Yeah, hey, we're, we're definitely into that place. We're gonna get some. So didn't good. you win? Like you won a bunch of stuff that night, didn't you? I didn't win anything. Kim won it all. <laughs> <And then laughs> That's I, right. Yeah. She won like two every time. Three. Like, least two. Kim Johnstone. Somebody won Kim like Johnstone. six well, times. Well, that was which see, was hilarious. see that was a hilarious thing because his it's my buddy Josh Stone who I got another friend who we call Stone. But it's just his nickname. This this guy that won Josh Stone, he donate him. He donated a bought a ton of raffle tickets. Oh, so yeah. like when it was happening, Mark kept reading you know Stone because that was the name on all the tickets, and he was like, "How was how he's he was thinking it had to have been Rick because my buddy that whose nickname <laughs> is Stone didn't buy any tickets. <laughs> it was like you know what I mean. They're kind of different dudes, anyways. Um, yeah, he won. Yeah, he won. I think. I think he won like seven of the 13, but yeah. it was like the first four or five raffles he won all of it was, them. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun <laughs> night. And then Kim won a couple. It was like, all right. 
Josh <laughs> Stone. It Josh. sounds like uh, sounds like we're hanging out with you when you get real drunk. Neil Josh Stone. <laughs> Neil Josh Stone. <laughs> hey, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> We've had a couple of those. <laughs> man, Dusty, you've been busy, brother. Yeah, man. Been busy. Tell us what's been going on a little bit. Well, we'll I... Um, we'll dig into it deeper later. Yeah, I... um. Been on the road a good amount since uh, since July. I signed with this booking agent in, I guess I think it was April. We met, we came, we crossed paths in March. Which the way we crossed paths was from the the uh, because of the benefit show that we were just talking about at Portal. Because the bass player that was playing for Brooks Ritter was also playing for this guy that Nashville artist who was signed with this my current agent. And she was looking for local support for a show in April or or May and whatever. So she hit me up. She was like, hey, I'm looking for support at Nirvana. I was going to be at Nirvana, Club Nirvana mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's let's do it. Cool. Also, are you taking any client, any new clients for your roster? Because I'm looking for a booking agent. And she wasn't at the time. But then we got to talking and hit it off. And anyways, so we we made the deal and um, just kind of got right, right to it. you know. And so we did... In July, we were out for two weeks, and then we came back all pretty much all August and uh, a couple one-offs between August and September. And then late, we were gone for seven weeks, starting late September to just a week ago. <laughs> we were out, so we were. We there was a couple times where we came. We had a few days. We were around in the region. We could come home and rest, like chill for a few days. But then, but we were like, now we're actually like home, home. So, so what did daily life look like for you before you hit all that and and decided to go, you know, that route? Like what what had become your your daily routine before you went this route? Well, a lot of it was like figuring out how to get that, right? So to to get like a I was well gigging, like I still, you know, do 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 the the bar gigs and restaurant stuff and probably I'd say average Three nights a week is a typical week for me with gigging, but I was wanting to get back on tour, but especially after, you know, I had some stuff planned pre-pandemic and then that happened. But then once that happened, so much changed, like mm-hmm. as far as like what places could afford for bands. And because anyways, you guys know, you know, all about that, like mm-hmm. just the way the things worked with with live shows and stuff. But uh, it was... um yeah, you know, other than it was it was just trying, you know, writing and then just trying to keep that window open when a when the opportunity would come like a booking agent and this that and the other but a lot of times in order to get those things now, you have to have like a big, you know, you got to have like what comes first the chicken or the egg because I remember like my last band in LA when we were looking for, trying to get a booking agent, he's booking this, you know, a couple guys we talked with that were with agencies, they were like, "Well, you got to get radio support." in these areas that, you know, we're going to, we would be able to book you in. So we'd like hit up these radio stations. They'd be like, well, you need a tour in the areas that, that we, we play have our stations. And it's like, what the hell? Like, what do we, you know what I mean? What, what comes first? Chicken or the egg? Yeah, like, so yeah. I got very, very lucky with, um, with, uh, getting linked up with her name, Shirley Kennedy with Opus booking. And it's a small agency. She's based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, you know, she, it's just, she, she's works really, really hard. Shout out Shirley, thank you. Love yeah, you. Shirley. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been so that that really changed the um, the focus to like you know how can we get into 
other markets and get with now, now it's kind of like what we're going to do for these next runs. We're going to try to do more like quality versus quantity, like less shows, but get, get in front of, get more support slots mm-hmm. with other bands, you know, that have a following in certain areas and try to do like show trades with them here, you know, and, you know, I don't have like a much of a following here, but I can get shows for people, you know, especially with the Monarch now. So, and, and whatnot, and hooking them up with people, you know, like stuff like this too. That's just as valuable as a gig, if not more, because you're getting in front of, you know, sometimes with touring acts, you're lucky to play in front of more than 10, 15 people mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, looking at um, the places, which is pretty regional and getting out there and, and, and you know, the drive and, and making making the track to get to these places... What do the venues look, feel like, look like when you get there? I mean, it, it, are you playing to an audience? Is there, you know, because I know uh, to kind of even garner support in this area, you have to play it enough where people just love you and hear about you. And then, and that's just in like Louisville. It, it, it becomes a balance of like, you can overplay. Mm-hmm. You can super overplay the area and oversaturate yourself. For sure. To where people are like, man, I can see him anytime. Why do I want to go watch it? Or then you got, like you talked about going with those radio stations saying, well, you got to play here first. You got to gather, gain a following. Was this initial run kind of a way for you to, one, put yourself out there to new audiences and in different spots? And number two, what did it look like? Was there, were there places that were empty versus places you got to and it was just a party? Uh, how did that look? Totally. It was all, all across that board. It was from, there were, there was, there was, there was some gigs I'd say, you know, and some, some would turn, would flip. We'd show up sometimes there'd be five people there and then 30 minutes into us playing, it would be, you know, 20, 25 people or whatever. Some places it would vary, but there was only out of the whole run, there was only a couple of like dud shows to where like, Cause we did a mix of stuff. It was, it wasn't just venues. We played bars, breweries, venues. We did like, you know, even, um, there wasn't any really like, there was no house shows, but either way it was, it was pretty spread across between like bars, breweries, clubs, venues, whatnot. But, uh, you know, and there were some of the shows would be just a 45 minute to an hour long set. Sometimes we play for, you know, two, three hours. You know, mm-hmm. we did like a cup, we did a tin roof show, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and that's, so it's, it kind of varies, but as far as, um, as far as like, yeah, this was like getting our, getting the name out there and then also like, you know, meeting these and getting in with these venues too. And then, cause we, we knew that, and we, we advertise the shows too. That was the thing that helped as well. Like when, um, we would, you know, just Facebook ads, we would do like Facebook ads and target, you know, target within like five to 10 miles of each venue, mm-hmm. you know, and um, for certain ones, like, you know, when we did, um, when we played New York, we didn't do that because it was just like, there's so many people in that area. And then some of the shows we knew that there'd be, there would be people like walk-ins or whatnot, you know, a good amount of them. But, but yeah, it was primarily like getting the name out there, getting, making, you know, establishing these relationships with the venues and other bands and, um, but there was, you know, yeah, there, there, as far as like what kind of crowd there was, it went, it was all over the place. Some yeah. of them, some of them were, like I said, five people, you know, um, but sometimes five really engaged, mm-hmm. loud people is better than a 
playing 50 people at a bar that aren't Absolutely. paying any attention to you, you know? So yeah. that was, that was one thing that was cool about like where it's also different where when I got my band with me, it's like, we can't be background music. We're just too in your face and too loud. You know, it's, as far as like getting, getting people like really like, like, Oh, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't, don't need to worry about my volume as I do with some of the, you know, the bars when, or breweries when they're like, Hey, we're trying to we're, serve food over here. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> we're, and it's like, and those are the gigs too. It's where you kind of just got to like, you got to, you got to take it as it comes and there's going to be, you know, pros and cons. Cause like those ones, it's like, okay, they're paying us a really good guarantee. Mm-hmm. Let's respect, you know what I mean? It's not, we're not going to, this isn't just, we're banking off a of merch and like, we're, we're kind of the entertainment for the night, but mm-hmm. also like background music to some people. But when we had like the, you know, the door deals and the, you know, that's when we really like turn it on and like, you yeah. know, light it up. And it's like, okay, no, we're going to be loud. <laughs> yeah. You know, part of the uh, draw of doing one of those, bre- like a plane a brewery or something that has, like you mentioned, uh, walk-ins or people that will come in and watch a little bit, maybe that you have to play a little longer, like a 10 roof gig. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that is you will turn accidental people that just happen to wander in into fans. And, and especially if you're in a different city, they're out to have a good time. They're like, this is Dusty Bell, dude. Uh, you know, number one, it's easy to remember. It's, it just yeah. rolls off your tongue. But, you know, uh, those places that have that turnover where they're here for a little bit and then they're out, I think that a lot of times in a place like that would benefit you. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's, yeah, amen. Did you have a guaranteed deal or was it, would you drive four places not know, or four hours going, we may not be able to pay for, uh, not pay for, but we're, we may lose money on this. Well, not, not the entire thing. It was, there were, there were times, yeah, there was a couple gigs where it was like, hey, we just need something in the area because we have like, you know, um, like for example, when we, the, okay, this is one that was, um a dud. I don't mind talking about it because this lady left me a nasty voicemail and she was not good to work with. Oh, so, fun. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, when we booked, we booked, um, a thing in Brooklyn, which was a, well, first we booked this. I think the first, the first one that was booked was the actual show, this place in, um, in Manhattan called Rockwood Music Hall Killer Venue. Like very reminded me a lot of the, the room we played in was very like similar to the Monarch where it was like small and, when we were playing the lowdown stuff like the red or no one else or throw it all away, like the, you know, the kind of chiller parts of the songs, people just were just in it listening. But when we got rocking, people were whistling and dancing and like, it was so, it was very respectful and music lover audience, you know? So we had that one booked and then we booked this other like recording session that was, I think five, four or five days before that in Brooklyn. So we had like a chunk of time off in that area. So then Surely booked um, this uh, this place in Nyack, New York, and it was a it was a door deal. But it was you know they offered us a gig. You know we got got a gig or whatever. It was a door deal because we don't have a following there. Of course, mm-hmm. you know we're like a newer name and like not you know we're thirteen hundred miles from New York City or however far it is. <laughs> and um, it was a door deal, but we had to you know we were supposed to play for a few hours, and it was like we showed up. It was like, okay, that's kind of whatever, you know, cool. We'll, we'll play, we'll sell some merch, went over the crowd, we'll get some of the door, free food, drinks, yada, yada. Show up, sound system's just shot. <sighs> like nobody there knows how to work it. Like there's just no, there, this, we were, you know, it was like, well, shit, like there was, there were some things that we weren't told 
It's like, if we knew we had to bring a sound system, cool, we would have done that, you know, but, but also, so, you know, when I, I was, again, going back and forth with this owner, because I was like, we're, you know, if we would have known this, this would be one thing, but if we can't hear ourselves, there's no good sound system, like, we're not making any money unless there's going to be people here, which that shouldn't be completely on us. You know, mm-hmm. we advertised and did our part, but it's like also like it's your establishment. You all should a- advertise and be able to, you know, uh, responsible for bringing some people in for mm-hmm. for us and whatnot. And then, um, but she was just like, there was no, 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 no. This isn't, this isn't you. This is all the other bands I work with. You know, this is how they do things. So I was like, well, if we would have known that, we probably would have, not done this yeah. particular gig, but it ended up kind of working out because we, you know, um, I didn't really care. We once it was like, okay, if we burn this bridge, it's okay because this lady's a psychopath, and we're just going to keep moving <laughs> on. But, uh, but either way, um, yeah. So there was there was a there was a couple times, you know, a couple places where it was like, okay, we don't know, um, you know, what we're going to. Well, New York City too. Like that one was that was a donation based show. So, but we ended up making like. It was just one of those things where you got to let people know. It's like, hey, we're touring band. You got in here for free, clearly. Kind of like the Monarch. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, yeah. you know, just hook us up. Gas isn't, you know, it's not, it's not cheap. So it's like, and people delivered. It was really cool like that. You know, so it's, because people, that's one thing too. And like you, you're, I guess I would, I, before we started doing these tours, because this was the first time I did a good amount of like independent touring. The, the tours I did prior with my old band, we were, a support act usually. So we mm-hmm. always had people there and we had a small guarantee. We knew we'd sell some merch, this, that, and the other. But this was like, okay, we're really kind of going out and doing this on our own and we just have to win these people over. And it's like, it's starting small. And But everybody that's there, it's like, they want, especially if you're nice and you're, you're performing and doing your job and like putting on the show, it's like, they want you to win. They want you to come back. You know, they want to help. So that was one thing that we like kind of found out, especially with some of those, you know, where it was like a door deal or we'd have a tip jar out or stuff like that. We just let people know, hey, you know, it's $5 a, a gallon for gas in this, in this city. Like, you know, help us out. And people always would. So that was like a really cool thing to actually keep seeing. You know, people were just like, the support was rad. People awesome. that just, we didn't even know. Yeah, so. For somebody like me, you know, you think about, you know, a uh, music lover, uh, you think about all the cool things that would happen being on tour and, you know, how much fun that would be and all the all the glamorous stuff. What are the downsides to going in? Because, you know, I'm thinking you're going out, you're putting your neck out when you do a tour you're like talking about, an independent tour and, and uh, you Driving know, your own vehicles. Driving your own yeah. vehicles, to, you know, making... Just, just making it happen because it's something, something you love. Like, what are some of the things people don't think about, and and what's uh, what does the stress come from for you? Like, like, did you have uh, when you're home before you went on this? Like, do you uh, do you support your income with a nine to five, or how how does that look before the show? And you know, when you're not on tour, and then going into, into that, how do you just make those things work when you're doing what you're doing now? Well. For the last, I've been fortunate enough for the last few years, I have been, I just gig, I play, just do bar gigs and, you know, some, mostly bars and restaurants and stuff for a living. You know, I'll do like Tin Roof, Blind Squirrel, you know, play like Dundee Tavern, you know what I mean? Like those gigs, like that's just been fortunate enough to just kind of like really, you know, it took took probably like six to seven months 
if not just shy of a year to really kind of make that like network happen. Just I was just taking mm-hmm. take gigs, whatever I could. And so that's that's what I do um, you know, currently. And but but as far as like the you know, so which but also that leads to where I can like I can leave and go do stuff like this, you know, to where I don't have to worry about uh I I'll I'll be able to do it anywhere, really, I guess, but I don't have to worry about not having work when I come home because I just, you know, the places where I would have like a resident residency gig, I just let them know it's like, hey, I'm gonna be on the road this fall. I'll get people to fill in if you need me to and help out, you know, that way. But um as far as like the cons, dude, that's like I was having this conversation earlier to today or sometime this weekend actually just about like it's you're it, it there's it's it's like so much shit that you have to do deal with for just like these little moments that are like make it all worth it so so it's like you're constantly out of your comfort zone you know like you say goodbye to sleep you know what i mean mm-hmm. for the most part like they're not always but like you know, it's like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're driving for, I think we drove. <laughs> Speaking of driving, you had a vehicle crisis right before you oh, started. Didn't God. You? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We had a month before the July run, my motorhome broke down. Um, so that we were like, I had a, I still, I had just bought a Toyota Tacoma. So got a trailer, rented a U-Haul trailer. And then like, we would have either places to stay or, um, you know, hotels, we camped a couple nights, you know, like legit, like intense. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, then about my, one of my mechanic friends that's actually was helping work on that motorhome had a pull behind camper. He's like, I'll sell it to you for a thousand bucks. And I went and looked at it, it as a 25 foot camper and great condition. You know, it's had, had some wear and tear, but not oh, all in all the shells in great condition. And, so that's what we took on this run. And it was clutch because it was like, other than getting 10 miles to the gallon mm-hmm. with, with oh, yeah. my you know vehicle and pulling the big old camper with a Toyota Tacoma, not a full-size truck. So there was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of wiggle on the highway. A lot of, uh, oh. a lot of hopping, dude, where those <laughs> front wheels aren't even touching the ground. Dude, well, that was the thing too. That was the trip when we got, because I got one of those... Uh, had to get one, and I'm so glad he recommended this because I don't. I would have just, I would have just lost my mind and not known what to do. But we got some of those, uh, not just anti-sway, but they're like st- um, weight distribution arms for the like to to make for exactly what we needed. Like not a full size truck, and I guess you could still put it on a full, use it on a full size truck to make it just that much more stable. But without that thing, dude, it was like. When we, because you have to adjust the hitch proper too. And before we figured out how to do that, it was legit like driving a boat on the highway. Like it was just like, like you said, <laughs> wheels popping up, and then like you gotta like pay attention and like to the where you put the where we would put the certain pieces of gear that weighed a lot of you know like we had oh, to. Yeah. It was very like strategic, and you definitely it took a minute to learn it for real. Like, and it would depend on put Dusty Zamp up front. Yeah, all yeah, all my stuff goes in. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, it was like it was a trip, dude, because it would depend on like what kind of um area we'd be driving through. If it was windier, or like if it was like you know more cur- curvy, this, that, and the other. There was a lot of things that would come into factor. But 
Um, Dude, 25 foot is not small. How was, that, how was that 25 footer in New York? Or did you have to park oh, no. in like New Jersey nah. and pack, so your, pack your stuff that, on the train? That's exactly what we did. We, oh, uh, well, not the train. We brought the truck in. We, we parked the camper though because my, fir- my band before the, um, this Future Villains, we, we played a gig in New York in 2014 and we had a 25 foot motorhome powered or, you know, motorhome and we were pulling a eight foot trailer behind it. And we were warned even by the, uh, the headlining bands tour manager to bite the bullet. You're going to lose money. And if you want to play the show, which you're already on the bill for, so you need, you have to <laughs> and then, um, park outside the city, rent a van, take the gear and a little bit of merch that you need and then pile in, come in and do that. And like, and then go back and get your stuff afterwards. We did not listen to him, and it was a certified disaster. We ended up hitting a couple. We hit, knocked the mirrors off of two city buses, and then completely <laughs> oh, no. destroyed the side of an unmarked cop car because oh, we had no. we had to go down this like real tight and narrow road. That because when we came up to this turn, it was like no cars only, no buses, no oversized vehicles. So we just we couldn't like because there was a low bridge. So we had to go this. Anyways, it was a nightmare. So no, we didn't. I learned my lesson that time because it was like it was like a it was like a two thousand dollar mistake, you know. And um, so no, yeah, we 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 had a buddy who, um, actually our tour manager from that tour from my old band, his brother has a house in Jersey that we parked the camper at. And then just drove in because the when we played in New in Manhattan, they actually they had a full back line. Oh, so sweet. we just needed nice. our guitars and but still even p- p- driving at all, parking at all in that city is crazy. Not fun, dude. <laughs> Why would anybody want to live there? Dude, well, you know, here's the thing. Like I was when when we first got there, because this was the first time I actually like spent time there as an adult. Like, you know, I went there when I was younger, but that was that was kind of what I was asking myself. We we all kind of asked ourselves that really. Like we were just like, damn, dude, this is like this. How could people do this? Like, cause it's just constant. Everybody's on top of each other and this, that, and the other. But at the same time, it was like there'd be just a street that would be houses, apartment buildings, whatever. And then they would just have a dispensary or or a art store, you know, like a um uh like a uh what do you call it? Those like pot pottery store, you know what I mean? Like in in the neighborhoods, like actual legit businesses and stuff. And it was just like you're surrounded constantly kind of reminded me of Los Angeles, but way more compact to where it was like all these creative minds and different, you know, just like misfits of people and whatnot that are just, you know, kind of make it this, give it this character and, you know, magic to it and whatnot. But I mean, it still was like, I, you know, if you enjoy and very much, you know, um, if you enjoy and like require space, it's not, you know, the place for you, yeah. which is the kind of, that's, that's how, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't see myself being able to do it. I guess if you were but, somewhere, you, uh, had everything you ever need within a bike ride, I guess, mm, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, that was the, the crazy thing too. seeing like, you'd see legit everything from like homeless people to artists to like these wall street guys and every on the subway alone, like on, in the same car, there'd be like, guys like us and then there'd be dudes you know supermodels and then guys walking in with like these briefcases like wolf of wall street looking cats and then you know the psychopath that's you know wearing 
underwear Jesus on is my Lord <laughs> <laughs> Just all, yeah, exactly, legit, like every walk of life. But yeah, it was. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting city. I, I, I definitely play there again. I again, like like you said, unless I, you could get everywhere within walking distance or bike distance, like that would I couldn't see myself like actually living there. Had your bandmates had any uh, during experience like this? No, no. This was. Um, Alex, our bass player, had been... Well, he did our first run in, in July. And I think he had done some, some stuff through somewhat the West Coast. He's from Arizona. So I think he did some stuff out, some regional touring out there before he moved to Louisville. But this was our drummer Nick's first tour ever, which was cool getting to give him that experience. Um, but yeah, it was going back to how many miles it was 7200 miles in 7 weeks so about a thousand miles a week oh wow so i am probably going to have to buy my lease out because i'm going <laughs> way over my mileage. It's a, oh yeah dude <laughs> yeah i'm already significantly over for the year so uh, whatever yeah. it's a great truck so just alternate driving dude, or it's a toyota it'll last forever yeah. it will yeah. Actually, no. I drove pretty much every I was mile. Say, no, I drove my truck. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Wasn't the tra- it was when the trailer? When, the trailer. That was the thing. I didn't want to have to put them because it was. It was. There was. It could be. It could be pretty um, hairy. Yeah, dude. Like especially with like um, whenever a semi truck. And this is the first. Time, it, I. It's something you can't get used to. Whenever a semi truck, like pull. exactly. So I guess it's from like when a. And you wouldn't tell, be able to really tell. Nighttime, it was okay because you could see the lights. Yep. Like, okay, that's a truck coming up. I'm get over a little bit more. But eventually, it got to where I was just like, I would stay in the right lane as far right as I could without going over the line. Because um, I guess it was just like a wind, like a force of wind thing. Like when the semi trucks or even just bigger vehicles, some like um, some Greyhound buses or whatever would pull up. I guess it would push the camper the force of it would push the camper. So with the hitch, the tongue, it would make the truck come in towards the, the rig mm. as it's approaching. Not, mm. not mm-hmm. later, not before. It was like, okay, like here comes this 18-wheeler <laughs> or whatever, this big vehicle and like, and it would be pulling us in towards it. So that was, and there was a couple times, especially if the, again, the wind, if it was, you know, <laughs> yeah, so that was you couldn't couldn't get used to that feeling ever. But neither could your butthole. It takes you years to relax after stuff like that. Trust me, I know exactly. Oh my god, dude, that's hilarious. It's a fact. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to have to have them deal with that, you know. And so you're a good man. Yeah. Wow. Seven thousand miles. That is some scary stuff, though. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That, yeah, it's like that physics. So what about what about yeah. food? So Do you we eat like a champ. I bet you ate great, dude. Honestly, <laughs> a shout out to my bass player Alex. So he's actually quite the chef, and we we didn't we didn't have we didn't want to deal with any of the guts of the um, camper as far as like we just used it for gear and sleep. You know, and like, but our um, bass player, Alex, he, before the last run, bought one of those Coleman outdoor propane stoves. Mm -hmm. So he had this full on setup and would bring like, he brought that and then he'd have like 
a big, you know, thing of oats and stuff, which we never really actually needed to make. But he he had enough to where we could have been like off the grid for a couple of weeks and been fine. Oh, okay. But, you know, and Alex we, is not a little ugh. man, so uh, he he was ready to yeah. he was ready to eat. <laughs> yeah. in case and, and he and he cooks. Alex, I didn't super, mean you're fat. I mean like you're just a, you know, you're a big fellow. He's a man. He's a man. He's a man. Yeah. He's a man. He's got a big beard. He yeah. Play oh, bass, dude. For sure. He play that play. <laughs> yeah. And so he and he we brought a cooler to keep like, you know, meat and whatever stuff that needed to be cool and um yeah, so we actually didn't eat too bad for for the most part. There was very little like only time we ever like really got fast food was when we like wanted it. It wasn't like a necessity thing. Like we'd have, you know, sandwich meat and stuff in the cooler just to where it was like, I I could go the rest of my life without eating a turkey sandwich for <laughs> sure. Because it was like, we would be on time too. And it was like time between like time and money. And we're just like, a loaf of bread and a pack of cheese and some turkey in the cooler. Yeah. So I'd just go yeah. back there and make it real quick. Like while the gas is pumping and like, I'd be done with it before I get in the car because yeah. I'm not eating it for enjoyment just to kind of fuel, keep me fueled, you know? Sustenance, dude. Well, so yeah. who's, who's the treasurer on the trip? Me. Okay. I pretty much did everything <laughs> other than play bass. <laughs> other drums? than play bass and drums and uh, cook and clean. Are you going to delegate a little bit next time? Yeah, well, that's, that's another reason like we want to do like if we... So moving forward, and it just depends, like, you know, we're going to, again, we're going to go towards like, um, you know, an ideal situation. Do you guys know who the Red Clay Strays are? Mm -mm. Definitely check them out. Very cool band. I think they're out of, um, out of Alabama. They, I've been following them for a while. They, they popped up on my Instagram sometime last year, but they just landed a full support slot uh, open for L King. Oh, um, yeah. So, and like something like that, like, if, Clearly, then we're gonna have to we'll we'll go out and do you know whatever needs to be done to to make that kind of because I think they're gonna be it's like a three month run, but we're what we're wanting to do now as far as next year is we'll do like a month in, or I'm sorry a week in Ohio come back for a few weeks go do a week in Illinois okay. come back for a few weeks go do a week in Michigan come back a few weeks do a week in you know um, Georgia whatever and then go back to those cities again within the next, before the end of the year, if we can, a couple times that year. And just, so we do it that way. Then it's like, okay, we'll be able to, you know, we can bring, uh, with what we, you know, kind of averaged out what we were getting gas mileage wise. It was like, we could just bring, we could rent a, tr a small trailer for the gear. And then we would be pretty much spending the same amount on getting like a cheap hotel room opposed to like just spending way more on gas. Mm -hmm. And then also the pain in the ass with the camper. Again, it was clutch. It was like, it was very uh, much came in handy for this run. But it was like, whenever we would pack it to drive, we would have stuff on beds. We'd have stuff, you know, we'd have to, we'd have to move stuff around. Move and Move stuff all the time. Put all yeah. the stuff into the bathroom when we would need to sleep in it. So it was, yeah. a, it was actually a good amount of work, but it was like saved money. As far as having to get, well, we think, I don't, you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> I haven't really done too much of a, um, a full on budget breakdown. I just, as far as like what we, uh, what we spent on fuel, I kind of got an idea because kept every receipt and took pictures yeah. of all the, but then also like, uh, the odometer, whatever I was like, mm -hmm. cause I, I had a dimed it between like 55 and 5,700 miles, but that was just from venue to venue. 
that wasn't like, so if we landed a place like some of my, you know, when we w- had a place we could crash at for a little bit, but it was an hour out of the way, you know, for however long it was like, it was worth it parking the camper and making that drive to the whatever city and, you know, opposed to sleeping in a Walmart parking lot like we thought we were going to for the majority of the run is... I was just yeah. thinking about that. I mean, obviously, this is a business, you know, and you're, you're making business decisions as you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was just going to ask you about the budget. Like, did, did you go into it? I mean, you haven't ca- made your final calculations, mm-hmm. but do you go into this with uh, any kind of budget or how does, how do you think, how are you thinking financially going into it? Don't end up in the negative. No, well, exactly. <laughs> like, do what you can to, but, but at the same time, it was one of those things where, you know, I want, um, just kind of like, what do we got to do to make it happen? You know, like, let's just, if, 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 if we, if we don't, like, I didn't go into it thinking I was going, I knew I wasn't going to like, with all the other expenses, you know, especially fuel alone, that was the biggest expense. Right. But I knew I wasn't going to like make as much as I do when I play my guaranteed bar gigs around town that are just here, mm-hmm. you know? And then, so I, I knew that, uh, that I was going to be taking a little bit of a bite, but like the guys in the band, I'm going to, you know, g- give myself a little bit of a, I'm going to give a shout out to myself for covering all expenses on my account and then paying, you know what I mean? I would pay them because it's like, it's, it is my name with the project and the set and the other, but they were also super cool from just taking, there was nobody got a guarantee unless we had a guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, we just had, we had, we all, we split it right down the middle. Um, But it was just like one of those, it's, you know, I going into it for this this time it's kind of still i guess in the investment stage where it's just like we're just get our name out there and then uh but also keep it to where it's uh sustainable you know again we're not gonna we're probably unless we go out and we're gonna be playing in front of a lot of people we won't do another seven week straight run we'll go out for a week maybe two weeks at a time and come back for a bit reset make sure everybody's bank's cool Mm-hmm. you know, get, be able to get back to work and do what we do here and then get back out again, just to kind of keep, keep it going somehow. But, but yeah, as far as like that long of a run, like, is the tough thing is too, it's not just, it's not just fuel. It's also like, you know, getting a gig in Kalamazoo or, you know, um, Lima, Ohio on a Wednesday isn't like a, a good, you know, paid gig or whatever. It's almost just like, okay, well, we're not going to be making anything. So, or we can't even book anything at all. So like you just have, there's a lot of, you know, we, we only, we, we were out for seven weeks and we played, I think it was, it was under 40 shows. So it wasn't like, I think it was right, right around 30 or 30, remember exactly. But it was, we were basically playing every other night. You yeah. know, we, we had half the nights Four off. Four or five shows a week. Yeah. yeah. And, and so there was a lot, there was, there was a decent amount of time where it's like, and which I don't want to play every night just from a vocally, per, you know, so I'm not like blown out or whatever. But um, that's another thing too. It's just like, you know, if you're going to be out for that long, then having any, like the, the time, you know, you got to really no be recovery. playing all, exactly. Like you got to be playing all the time. And, and so that's kind of what it's like, okay, if we go out for a week, we'll play five, six nights or every night and then mm-hmm. just blow it out and then come, you know, come back and then recover. Exactly. You can do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're out right now, you're doing a lot of promotion on the, the album. Mm-hmm. Um, 
playing that every night constantly. I, I'm sure playing it to new audiences helps keep it fresh, but I mean, wh- how do you maintain the energy level for songs that you've played a million times? Well, and, and I, I, a million times is, you know, no, well, you know what I'm I, saying. No, I, I totally get you now. And um, we actually, so we would do, we never had a set list. We always, like, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. There was never a set set list. It was always decided. That's my that's my jam. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. always like an, maybe an hour before the show because it was like a lot of these places we'd never been to before. And like we didn't, even if we had, it was like, okay, this crowd looks like they might, maybe I'll do like open with a 30 minute acoustic set and then we'll get the band up there and rock them. So that would happen. You know, like there was times like that or it's like, okay, this band that's playing before us, they're heavy. So let's, open with, you know, bandit mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, so it was just like, it would vary. And that that kept things fresh too. And then also some of the nights it was like, we'd have to do, you know, we'd have, you know, it's like, um, you know, some of the breweries or bars we'd play, like, you know, we'd have to play two and a half, three hours. So it was like, we had to mix in covers. And at that, with, with those ones, it was also like, okay, let's just call them out as we go. Mm-hmm. You know, like we had kind of like a song bank, but um. Also, we did a lot of jamming, which was cool. There were some shows where it was like, okay, these people aren't really like, they're not, people aren't up dancing. People are paying attention and like feeling it and stuff, but it was like, let's just kind of, you know, so like, um, and we did some new stuff too. I didn't mention, we played some stuff that was going to be, I think what we're, what we want to, I don't think, I know this is what we want to do. It just depends on when we're going to get in and like make it happen. What we're going to do, uh, like a five to six song basically live it, definitely like no overdub but like stripped down EP of some of these new songs I got like these um, we'll mess around you guys have heard mess mm-hmm. around but like mm-hmm. do that with the band and then um, you know Beagle Man Blues you know stuff like hmm. that and just kind of put out like this simple I want to call it smothered covered and funked and have it like a Waffle House <laughs> theme but it just like bare bone like just southern rock songs just yeah, kind of like this you know, and get that out because it was like, it was so much fun playing the songs too because it's, you know, kind of had, anyway, so that was like a, that was something that kept it fresh too is we would play some, we played some of the new stuff that we hadn't played as a band until this tour. And and those like, you know, just kind of thinking about those two songs in general, that's a complete different vibe than, you know, the, uh, the bandit stuff. Yeah, yeah. 100%, right? Yeah, and and so that was, yeah, big time. So it was like, because the only songs that we don't play off of the record, there's only, I think there's three songs that we don't usually play because like there's some stuff that needs like, like Find Me is one of them that has like a, a, an organ and then has like the female backing vocals and then like um, On With The Ride because it has this like guitar, it has like four guitars in the song that we just couldn't, I couldn't do as a three piece. Um but, uh, so then that would, again, so sometimes we would do, if it was especially just an original set, it was like, okay, well, what do they, what does it seem like they would be into? Because it's like, not only does it keep it fresh for us, but we, you want to win those people over because that's just kind of how it works sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you have a thought with the EP that you're kind of planning on? Is that, What's it look like for you? What's your vision of, you know, getting this EP together and then like the vision of where your music goes? What, what, not even talking about the touring, musically, do you have a feeling of where 
this is heading for you? Yes and no. <laughs> Does that freak I, you out? No, well, kind of, but but at the same time, that's like, that's like um, why I want to have. So I, I do know this from now on. When I when I when I have like when I record an album, when I go in and like record an album, it the the overall sound of the album will be way more of a honed in sound opposed to the Vulture and the Fox, where it's like there's blues, there's country, there's metal, there's Southern rock, like uh, it's 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 all over the board, but it's like the Dark Tower series, man. Stephen King, it's just uh, oh, it's, it's a great series. <laughs> I you like that, but it, that's what it kind of reminds me of the whole because it's it takes you in so many different directions and places, and some darkness and some light and some you know, yeah, it's just kind of cool. What I always thought about it, right on. I dig that. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. That's cool. Um, not the movies, the books. The book. <laughs> <laughs> um. But as far as like, so, you know, like that one, I want to have like some other covered in funk, super lighthearted, but like all it's like, it's, and it's all just a Southern rock EP. You know what I mean? It's like, so, um, again, I was having this conversation earlier, just as far as like when we go out and do tours or we want to, we want to get on certain festivals, this, that, and the other, it's like, okay, Hey, we're going to play this, you know, uh, moonshiners ball kind of festival. We're, we're not booked for them. It's, so this is hypo- hypothetical, but it's like if we play something like that, okay, cool. We'll play the Southern Rock stuff and we'll know. It's like, hey, this is what we're going to push. This is what we would advertise to people there. But if we want to play something like a LRS Fest or a Louder Than Life kind of thing, it's like, okay, then we want to have the heavier stuff. So as far as like moving forward musically, I know like what I'm wanting my overall like sound to be will be like kind of in the vein of like, you know, Marcus King, you know, to a like, you know, bluesy rock and roll, you know, Black Keys kind of stuff to where it's like, it's still, you know, hooky and, and this, that, and the other and like simplified, you know, like, I guess you could say like radio kind of songs, but not like commercial, you know what I mean? Yeah. As far as that goes, but I want to have some stuff where it's like, you know, or or if it is commercial, whatever, like I just, I like, I like writing like hooky stuff that, you know, people can sing along with and stuff and, um, you know, I'll admit too, that's something that I think of when I write songs. It's not like, I don't just think about like, first and foremost, I want, I want to enjoy it. But the thought of like people singing along Mm -hmm. with the songs is also something I enjoy, you know, like thinking of it's like, oh yeah, people will probably like feel like this when I'm singing this one or they could relate to it this how and whatever. But, um, but yeah, I go back and forth with that though too, because like you like to write different kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, okay, I did that with my first record and like I had fun with it. But for now, as far as just moving forward, like I want to have, you know, when I put, lay something down, I definitely want to have, have the group of the the batch like uniformed. Yeah. Whether it's like, okay, here's a Southern rock record. Here's a blues record. Here's a heavy metal record, whatever, you know, it's like, then you can do, cause you know, and I think that's dope Uh, as far as like, keep you know, keeping, not just other people like on their toes when you listen, they, you know, dig through your Spotify or whatever, but yourself too, as a yeah. writer, it's like, why not? To not limit yourself to a sound or a lane. Yeah. Um, do you think that part of the appeal of the new stuff to you is, is that lightheartedness considering, because I, I, I think the Bandit record is kind of heavy. I don't yeah. know if, do you feel that? Yeah, overall, it's like a harder rock album, I'd say. Like, I'm, not and metal. I don't even mean 
Oh, you mean like I mean the heavy. vibe, yeah, yes. or the um, emotionally heavy? Yes, yes, yes. It yes. feels emotional. It's a heavy, re- not like, but it's it's got it's more heavy tone than lighthearted. For sure. Do you think this is like the yin to that yang that you wanted to do something, not even intentionally? You know, maybe it was just kind of one of those things that that uh, you're writing because you're kind of playing in that emotion. And writing that record, yeah. Do you think the spinoff of, of that was like I just got to shake it loose Dude, for a little bit, have know, some fun stuff? Dude. You know what? I never even thought about it until now, and probably yeah, it seems that way. Like that you say that, which is crazy because like when that whole album it, having to do with a lot of my time in LA, there's a lot of dark like bitterness and like regret and um, unhappy times and things that happened in my life that got you know that inspired it that yeah. I channeled through that record so yeah like that's pro- probably and you threw because- that on Neil when he listened to it <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's just cool. I mean, I know, right? Right? <laughs> that's, no I think that yeah that's just no you do feel it yeah you feel it and, yeah. and the 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 juxta that is you know meeting you and knowing you how Lighthearted, happy, smiley, yeah, yeah. Uh, personable, all those things you are. So, uh, not saying that maybe this is more the like this new record comes from maybe the change in that scene mm-hmm. and getting a new perspective and being here instead of there. And I know just very like, well could be, you know, the couple songs that you name with Mess Around and uh, Beagle Man, those are such fun, well written, hooky songs that they just kind of get you on, on that. Loop, yeah. Uh, do, a lot of songwriters do that, though. I bet, what, don't they? I mean, like if you go through phases you're, like that. Well, yeah, if you're in a dark place in your life, or you know, a low place, or vibrating at a low level, or whatever you want to say, it you're probably going to write that way, aren't you? And then if you're in a happier place, you're probably going to tend to to for write sure. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But, but I don't think that that you always know. I mean, I, yeah, I, that, yeah. that, so so in the sense, I think. That was part of the direction question, and 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 the question that I ask my, myself a lot is, where do you see yourself, hear yourself? What do you think about what? What are you trying to do? Yeah, if you you're know, gonna, at, the, at the end of it. What about this though? I mean, if 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 you're going to be an independent artist, you only need to pigeonhole yourself that way if you're going to be commercial, don't you? Is that true? But I think you're only independent. Because there's only so much commercial space. I mean, the commercial space is so stupid these days and limited. But if you're going to be if you're going to be in a commercial world, you got to pigeonhole yourself. People want to know what you're going to sound like. Yes and no. Yeah. No. I, what do you think? I think yes and no. It depends on what it is. Like as far as like, you know, even if you're not commercial, like for example, like um, I think somebody that does a great job of of doing his own thing, and clearly he's amazing. Is Chris Stapleton? Like he'll mm-hmm. have like yeah. He did like the Johnson Brothers. He did um, uh, what was his bluegrass band? Um, oh, uh, Steel Drivers. Steel Drivers. And then yeah. he's doing his own thing, which is his own thing. He's got outlaw country. He's mm-hmm. got blues. He's got soul. You know what I mean? He's got Americana stuff. And then that's like, but clearly he's like an exception because he's a freak and he can just say <laughs> he's got the greatest well, voice. It's, of great, all it's time. great to hear him like, saying anything. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing he's got is it doesn't matter what he plays as soon as you hear him, you go. Uh, Staples. Yeah, it's, it's for like sure. some guitar players. It, yeah. it doesn't matter what they play. You hear them, you go, oh, that's 
Marcus King. Yeah. Oh, that's Billy Strings. Oh, that's... Well, you, but here's... There you go. He, uh, Marcus King, he had... You know, he did... Um, his was the Marcus King band record. It was real, it was real jazzy, kind of had like a big band thing. But this last record he did is a rock and roll. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. It, I yeah. We love we did, it. Dude. We all saw him at the Ryman uh, about six, six yeah. weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. How yeah. was that? Uh, yes. Brent, how was it? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait. Is that uh Brent Brent took uh, many naps through that one, but uh oh, we, okay. we pre it, it was a long day. We pre-gamed like champions. And uh, right it was good though, man. I mean there's no such thing as a bad Marcus King show at all. No. Dude, yeah, I was really pumped to see uh when he came out and played can play. Yeah, oh my God. He could fucking sing his ass Beautiful. off too. So that, uh, it was funny because when you were talking about Rock, you didn't mention Marcus King and, and then you mentioned uh, or, or the the vision and then you mentioned Black Keys, which is funny because our back did, does all this stuff, produces oh, all Marcus right. King stuff. Right. So, and especially that Marcus King band record. Because if you did listen to Did he do that like, one too? Yes. If oh, you listen shit. to The Well, if you listen to The Well, you go and don't, like before the music comes in, you go, Oh, is this Black Keys? You know what? Oh my God. Okay, so that makes sense. He did that one too. But the but the one before I'm talking about the one that had like the uh it wasn't it wasn't Marcus King. It was the Marcus King band. It was like cause it's weird because if you look it up on I don't know if it's a horns and horns, big, big jazz, awesome rock and roll guitar playing and bluesy stuff, but he's it's way more like Jazz, almost jam. Yeah. Uh, then, then, so, but that makes sense. Arbach did that last one too. But when he, it was the Marcus King band. I don't know if it's a label thing or whatever. But when you look them up on Spotify, they're two different entities. Yeah. Marcus King band versus just Marcus King. Yeah. But, but uh, sometimes he has like the three piece where it's just him and his uh, bass player and and drummer who are with him on everything. I think. Yeah. But yeah. They're they're phenomenal, dude. But I, yeah. I, I, that's, that's, that's one of those things though. It's like, I, I think as, as far like going back to what you were asking, um, about like being commercial or staying in one lane. I, I don't know. I think it depends. You know, it's like, it's how long, like, do your, do you, the people like, you know, those people that have, I, th I think also it depends on how big of an entity you are. Like these, you have this like big fan base that's like wanting to hear, that you know whatever your your record is you know like a band like um like midland for example you guys know that band midland they got the mm -hmm. song drinking problem you yeah. know like i think they've done a pretty cool job of like you know that first record they had was real like it was real poppy almost commercial like 90s country then the second one they came out had some more boogie tunes on it and whatnot but i think it's it's I don't no, know. Okay. I don't know that Dude, answer really. So but. here's here's my thought, uh, or at least somewhat of a, a, a perspective on that question: is if you stay in your lane, does it leave you room for evolution as a as a writer or mm -hmm. as an artist? Because if you look at the greats, think about like you know Bob Dylan going electric at one point and doing these things, and he's definitely has a lane, but I don't think he would ever pigeonhole himself into I'm a this or I'm a that. Yeah. Uh, other than I'm a songwriter. So, I, you know, but then you you also look at like the Chili Peppers. Look at the Chili Peppers, dude. And, and think about their first record, which was nuts. Uh, and, and, and into like Californication and 
getting Navarro, which changes their sound for a record. Totally. Um, and then getting back with Freshante. And then their latest record is as good as anything they've done. And it's yeah. funk. It's like a funk record. Yeah. I, I didn't listen to that until we, my drummer, Nick, put that on a good amount this last run. And it's badass. You just go, so good. It's, it's, it's Chili Peppers, but it's also like an, another little bit of a turn of the dial of what they are and they do it but it's chili peppers i'll tell you who did it yeah but you yeah tell you who did a, an insane like i i don't know if this was planned or if this is just an evolution of him as a songwriter john mayer when yeah. he first came out like you know is all you know the body is a wonderland mm -hmm. like real like bubblegum pop but still very amazingly written acoustic mm -hmm. americana pop songs or whatever and he comes out with a continuum. It's like, holy shit, this guy can tear a guitar a new asshole. Yeah. Like, he's just like a phenomenal, like brought out this whole new side of things that I didn't know about him, at least, you know, maybe some of his diehards knew, but, and then kind of kept that going for a while. And then he just, you know, seems, it's, I don't, I don't know, but I think, I, well, think, I think it's, yeah, I wonder if it's like, we're talking about the top 10 percenters, everybody we're talking yeah. about now. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, but you got top that, 10 <laughs> commercial percenters. And, yeah, and but you got that kind of talent. You're gonna have you're gonna have more pool, but I I, I wonder though like Wait. if you don't have if you don't have that kind of talent, you don't think that you're gonna have a lot of people telling you what you're gonna do if you're say you're mid level commercial. This is what you're gonna do next. This yeah, is your but, sound. But here's the thing, I think there's there's levels to this game, and there are people that are on an upper that ten percent that are not a better musician than him. They're they're not a better musician than some of uh, many of the people we've had in this room, but yep. if you have, I agree. If you have a, a huge Instagram following, or if you have commercialization behind you, or you know, if you take really broke down the top ten percent, and then looked at the money that was put into them, or the connections that they had prior yep. to that, them ever being an artist, it's a different thing than than just talent. It has a lot less yeah. to do with talent. Then it has to do with connections, knowing the right person. You know, there are, I agree. There are percentages like Taylor Swift. She was going to be amazing. She's 14 years old writing stuff. That's, yeah. yeah. She could, like, she changed songwriting. She changed, dude, her record right now, it broke a new thing. She had the top, top 10, every hits, one of them, <laughs> one through 10 on the Billboard Top 100, which is the, not only the first time I think it, it's not the first time one artist has done it, but it's yeah. the first time it's always been only women. Oh, like, yeah. and what, so I read that headline and, and that made me, gave me goosebumps. It's like, not only is it the first time the every top 10 has been all women, but it, they're all Taylor Swift. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and so, and not like I'm, I'm not a, I've, I've not listened to the record. I will probably, maybe not, but that girl can write a hook, mm -hmm. write a song. When she was, you know, Jalen was right in that wheelhouse. I couldn't, it was the best role model for my daughter when she, because, Here's this little girl doing these things. And so there are a few of those. We answered your question, Neil. So direction, man. Do whatever the hell you want to do at that point in your life. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the yeah, I really do believe that's the way to go because it's like, it's also staying true to like your, your art form. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be happy at times. You're going to be sad at times. And it's like, keeps things interesting for yourself. And if you lose interest then 
who else is, of course, everybody else is too. You know, I shouldn't say that, but you would, you know, especially as you, like, you can tell artists. if you're faking it. Totally. You you can dude, tell. And that was one of the things too, which I don't mind talking about this now. That was like a big part of why, like, um, you know, I, I got burnt out and people would see it. Like so many people like warned, like would not warned me, but hinted towards it with my old band because I wasn't writing a lot of the music. I was just kind of mm-hmm. like this singing and, you know, whatever I was, you know, I would, I would, there was later on I got, you know, there's some stuff that I was writing, but for the when the first like EP album worth of songs, it was all kind of just ready to go for the most part. Like mm-hmm. it was all just like I'd have some say here and there with lyrics, but from like the melodies and like the structures, it was all ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was so many times it was like, you know, if you're not, if if you're not feeling it, you're not selling it, you know, and then and yeah. it's so true. And it's like if you're you can really tell, and that's one of one of the things that I I really despise about the majority of the like the, the commercial country artists or com- pop you know artists too. But it's like it's all laid out for them. It's like, hey, we're, who's got the best song? For oh, our- Blake Shelton walks in a recording studio <laughs> and sings whatever's on that piece of paper, yeah. and learns <laughs> the uh, chords that are on there after he has to go play it out loud. I mean that. That's just the system they created. Totally. And that would be so hard to, you can leave to that in. Yeah. And that would be, uh-huh. that'd be, that'd be so that'd be so hard too to like like shit. Okay, yeah, cool. I got these, I got that it's a banger. Right on. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna sing it. It's gonna sound great. Yeah. It's my voice, my name. It's just gonna make me a shitload of money. Yeah. Like, why not? Wow. <laughs> you know, why not? It. it could be a worse life. That's it. But yeah. Man. <laughs> Well, man, Dusty, we could talk all night when you come in here, but yeah, we, we're already dude. over an hour, man. Oh, shit, okay. What? Yeah, but we, we appreciate down. you coming in. Dude, we, anytime. Uh, dude. We know you've been working hard, and we want to just hear about it, you know? So. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Oh, dude. Yeah. Always good to have you. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Talk to y'all next See time. Ya. Cheers. <laughs>